Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself connected with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or you can shoot us an email, the Longhorn Republic Pod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who's never worn this many layers, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Cold. Uh, it's cold, Gerald. I think we should start this show with a preface of saying, uh, for anyone listening to this who's been without power, is currently still without power, maybe save your phone battery, um, <laughs> uh, pause this and come back when you have it, but uh, we, we're thinking of you, you're in our thoughts, I'm, I'm without water, but I've been fortunate enough Monday as we record this, knock on wood, uh, furiously to have power, but the uh, whole country Certainly, it seems like, but certainly t- the state of Texas sounds like the state of Oklahoma uh, have been uh, devastated with a unseasonably cold, record cold. Uh, I'm not the, the weather foreman. I'll, I'll, I'll leave most of you to understand exactly what I'm talking about without further explanation. Um, but we are thinking of all of you, Gerald, and I consider do we even do a podcast? But we know in these cold and dark times. Nothing is nothing's more warming than a bit of Gerald Goodridge coming into your ears. When these times happen, you always look for distractions, right? And and if we're worth nothing else, which might actually be a valid take, <laughs> uh, at least we're, we're a distraction once a week. But Kyle and I both are, are fortunate enough to have power. Oklahoma um, is supposed to do some rolling blackouts at some point in the next like 24 to 48 hours. So uh, we're hoping and praying and trying to keep all of that going uh, that we can maintain the grid. But we're here to talk about some recruiting. We had some big recruiting news over the weekend, so we'll hit that real quick. And then we'll just do a rapid fire through some of the other uh, sporting news that's on uh, the docket because, well, it looks like everything's probably going to get pushed back a week or so. So we'll just ride it out and see how it goes, and then we'll close the show with a little bit of a, of a burnt orange lenses, but not a ton, and then we'll see you next week. So we have been talking, or we've been hoping, for some recruiting momentum. Texas got the new coach. They got... Armani Winfield in the middle of the national championship game. Jaden Blue came in and, and things started to, to feel like they were at a tipping point. But Texas needed that 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 next big domino 
to fall for the 2022 class to get Steve Sarkeesian's train rolling. And that big domino is literally quite big. In five-star quarterback Malik <laughs> Murphy from Juniper, uh, Junipero Serra High School in Gardena, California. Um, the 6'4", 225 quarterback that people have nicknamed Baby Cam, even though his game isn't really like Cam Newton, but that's a whole other conversation, um, becomes the kind of flagship player in this class that already has a couple of top 50, top 100 type guys in it. And so this is a big get for the Texas Longhorns as they try to start building some momentum for Steve Sarkeesian's first full cycle uh, as the head coach of the Longhorns. Yeah, big in every sense of the word get. Um, he has measurables. Um, you can think Vince Young, you can think uh, Tyrone Swoops, but it has a different uh, a different game, honestly, than, than both of those. He, he throws the ball. I mean, there's famous stories about uh, Aaron Rodgers and even Kyle Bowler in their, their pro days. You know, I think Bowler's was he threw it from a uh, from a knee from the 50 through the uprights, whether that's to be believed or not. Um, but that type of arm strength, that that feels like what we're dealing with Malik Murphy, uh, a young kid who has the, the literal frame that any coach would salivate, the natural tools, the arm strength, um, and, and seems, you know, at least in camp and in shorts to, to make everything throw um he's he's there's no doubt in this 22 class and maybe for a couple years he has the strongest arm in the country like i think that is that is without um question right now and and i think you know uh, what what skills he will develop over his time at the university of texas will be a really exciting proposition for fans who uh know steve sarkeesian and what he's able to do with with uh you know a lot of clay to to shape and mold and it, it is it is a an exciting um day for for longhorn fans um i asked the question do they celebrate maliksmas in california i didn't know if it was a texas only holiday we are you know obviously in our second i guess they come about every six six years that's on right seven years that's it, yeah yeah, uh, in the great state of Texas, if you remember Malik Smith's uh, part one, of course, uh, a few years ago with Malik Jefferson. But this uh, this one um, has all the writings. I'm not going to say I willed this into existence, Gerald, um, but he is from uh, Junipero Serra uh, High School. And um, the day before this news popped, uh, my wife had come in and said, let's watch an episode of Black Mirror. And I was like, can we watch a happy one? She's like, there's only like two of those, three of those in the whole series. So we watched San Junipero. Um, and, um, you know, again, I'm not going to say I'm directly responsible for it, but I'm also not going to say that I'm not. I mean, it's it's a fair take to say that you may have been not responsible for it, but at least you put the good vibes out there, right? Like that, that to me at the least is the is the right thing. And so I'm like, I'm a big fan of Malik Murphy. And there, there's a lot of conversation about like, should he be a five-star? Should he not be a five-star? Because, and this is like the controversy. He doesn't really have any varsity tape. You know, he's got some garbage time cleanup tape, but he's the kid that flashes all of the tools, right? And obviously, you know, football is not played in shorts with seven guys on the field, right? <laughs> but the skills that he displays on the seven on seven field are exactly the skills that you want from a quarterback. And to be frank with you exactly the type of skill set that Steve Sarkeesian wants in the quarterback now he's raw he's got a lot a lot a lot 
of development to do, which is why I think, and I don't want to say that many a lot, but I want people to kind of think about, there are two different types of five stars. There is your Trevor Lawrence five star, who's a five star because he's already really good, already really polished. And to be frank with you, probably would have been a top three round pick in the NFL draft coming out of high school, right? You got those five stars. And then you've got the DJ Yuanga Lele's who backed up Trevor Lawrence, who has a lot of the physical tools, but because they've been so much better than everybody else that there's a, there's the floor is lower than it probably is for some. And the ceiling is incredible. And so that's like a, that's the, the conversation we need to have, which this is a great pickup for Texas in that because they've got a quarterback uh, situation that could likely play out for a couple of years where they've got a uh, Casey Thompson or a Hudson card who, you know, if you don't know, the Hudson card is technically eligible uh, to declare for the draft after two seasons. He'll be a redshirt sophomore, actually a true sophomore, uh, based upon right. the eligibility rules. So as a sophomore, he could go pro. And then again, if Casey Thompson wins out, he will definitely go pro or at least graduate within two years. So, like, this is a perfect situation where you get a kid who's got a ton of physical tools but needs some development from, let's be honest, one of the top quarterback coaches in the country who happens to also be the head coach. So, like, this is a big get for Texas. And again, we may have some low-hanging fruit content as we go through the doldrums of the summer because <laughs> California may continue to shift back their season until COVID gets under control. Yeah, it's right. Keeps the content pump flowing. We're happy for that. Um, you know, there's there's a couple just items to talk about here, right? You, you mentioned it exactly nail on the head. This isn't a kid who you're necessarily going to see come in as a freshman and play for four years. We loved Sam Ellinger for that. But again, we've talked about it with the offensive line. Uh, the less you have to play freshman uh, and the more you get to play freshman because he's that good. Um, we've said that many times on this podcast. If Malik Murphy comes in and is that good, Sure, he might play as a freshman, okay, but I really uh, anticipate that exactly like you said, he has a chance um, to get that development in and then have two just really solid competing for Big 12 and national championship level um, seasons, you know, as as the as the guy. Um, it, the other thing, and, and we won't get too far into this because it's, you know, it's speculation and also it could be a whole full podcast of itself where we just throw names out there, um, but... I'll just say Malik Murphy is loved by Longhorn fans already. He's absolutely beloved by star power players in the class of 22 um, and, and, and even 21 and 23 right on either side of him. Um, but he's a big name that has gravitas, has pull. We actually talked about this when Texas had a different five-star quarterback in this class. We w- won't say um, his name, but uh, you know, the, the big quarterbacks in the country, the names, players want to play for them, and they bring gravity to your program. Their their commitment is a trickle down. It's a it's a momentum in and of itself. He's a guy who's again, like you said, well connected. There are several other like five star or high like on the cusp of five star guys who have said that they want to play with him or would greatly consider playing with them. A couple of receivers, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see. And again, he couple couple him with a guy like Jaden Blue who is one of the most active social media recruiters I've ever seen like he is uh, he's Jalen Milrow levels and again we're not going to evoke that name because of the other things that happened with Jalen Milrow but like that is that's that is a powerful combination of kids that guys want to play with right and and we'll see a lot of skill players come in but I really think and I would love to, to be on like a like a group text with Malik uh, Malik Murphy Jaden Blue and all of the top offensive linemen in the state of Texas <laughs> like hey you guys want to block for a natty 
Like, do you want to do that? Because we could do that right now. Like, get on the phone with those guys. And there are a lot of a lot of uh, offensive linemen in the state in 22, thankfully, uh, that are that are top tier kind of guys because, well, uh, 21 kind of sucked and we'll just go and say it. But uh, Malik Murphy wasn't the only player to commit over the weekend. A guy who um, has flown under the radar unless you're really paying attention to recruiting. Uh, but three-star linebacker Travell Johnson uh, from Arlington Martin also made his pledge. He actually scheduled his commitment before Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy was a weird situation where he was coming to Austin on his birthday and was going to visit on the, the Monday. This is the Monday we're recording, but then weather and blah, 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 blah. So Travell Johnson almost pushed back his commitment because of this, but he committed on Friday uh, on Sunday with one of my favorite videos that I've seen because it was just him at practice talking to his teammates about they're the reason why he has this opportunity. And I'm like, yep, that's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 6'1", 200-pound linebacker will likely probably uh, play up at probably closer to 215, 220-ish. Um, and not like that just dumb bulk that Texas used to put on, no shots at anybody, or maybe it was. But he's going to try to add some size as he, as he um, levels up to a college linebacker. But he's a kid that... When you look at the ranking, he's like he's 500, number 522, a three-star guy. Um, this is not a look at the ranking guy. This is a look at the tape kind of kid. Yeah, right. And, and, and it's nice, kind of, that these two committed on the same day. What a day, by the way! But uh, because you get um, a, a kid with the five-star and all the hype, and then you get you know a kid with three stars to his name. But I think anyone who knows and has seen him play has heard anything about him, has talked to anyone uh, in in Texas high school football in the Arlington area, um, understands that that three is probably not long for this world. Um, You know, in a a non-COVID year, he's probably already got it. I mean, obviously with the burnt orange media uh, conspiracy bump, he's going to get some some more, but it's it's deserved because he just, he looks like a form tackling, hard hitting, clean, um, you know, missile to the ball. Um, You know, I, 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 curious to see feels like just from the tape we've seen like a a, a big 12 he's not the biggest old school big 10 you know piece of granite 260 pound linebacker he feels like a big 12 linebacker like you said even at uh 215 220 still gonna have some speed some lateral quickness ability to to rush but also drop back uh in in coverage i i think um i think he's he's a player who got some big big name you know schools after him um but is is good to keep that pipeline the dfw the specifically i guess arlington hard-hitting dudes pipeline um flowing and i think he's gonna he's gonna fit in really nicely and and you know i, I i'm excited because linebacker is a spot you and i have spent a lot of breath talking about and uh a really good class last year and, and just keeps keep stacking them in like you can't have enough of those guys the state of Texas is notorious for not necessarily putting out a ton of top tier linebackers. So when Texas puts out good linebackers, Texas has to be, and that's really why Texas has struggled. And I keep saying Texas both interchangeably for the state and the school, but that's why the university of Texas has struggled to really build a lot of depth at linebacker because uh, the state of Texas hasn't produced a ton of top tier talent. And so picking up guys like Travell Johnson, like his friend Maurice Blackwell from the class before are, are the types of guys you have to pick up when Texas puts out good ones, the University of Texas has to grab as many of them as they can. And and like you said, he's kind of the prototype of this new Big 12, new, and honestly not Big 12, but like new football linebacker, a guy who can come up and and play physical and play the run, but is also light enough and quick enough to, to cover and pass protection. You saw, um, 
in the college football playoffs what happens when you've got a linebacker who's not quick enough to cover on a pass. Uh, you become a meme almost instantly. And so, like, he's a guy who can definitely do that for Texas, and I'm excited to see what he develops into. But you're absolutely right. Texas is seeming to, uh, or at least try to create this Arlington Martin uh, pipeline. Again, Maurice Blackwell in the 21 class, who you and I both are fans of. Uh, defensive end Ernest Cooper is another kid in the 22 class. Uh, and then there are actually a couple of guys in the 23 class, which makes me feel incredibly old, that <laughs> will also, uh, hopefully, the Longhorns will be in on. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. But that brings us to the part of the show where we do our quick news dump because, well, we don't know how long either of us will have power and we down the 40. So the full 2021 football schedule was released. So uh, the home schedule is as follows. Louisiana, Rice, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State. Not a ton of marquee matchups there in the first year of your uh, of your new stadium revamp. But that's co- totally all right. But Kyle, what jumps out to you about the new schedule? Well, um, I mean, there's there's a stretch in particular um, starting in week five that I think may define the season. Um, a TCU, OU, Oklahoma State three-game stretch. Um, it feels like, you know, you, you win all three of those no matter what. You could very well. Th- there is a world where they're 4-0. Um coming into that that stretch and then if they win all three of those at seven and no there's a really small number next to their name now if they've lost one and they go two and one in there it's it's a different story and you're talking about something different um but uh, you know i think if they can if they can win the ones they shouldn't open up the season uh, or excuse me win the ones they should open up the season uh beating a louisiana team which is going to be a really tough um game you mentioned that one um at home that might be our best home game of the year um but that one to open up the season at home uh, arkansas is starting to build something there for sure but i still think texas should be favored there rice and then tech who's probably still a little bit away from where they want to be um there's a, there's a, a a good shot where you talk about a 4-0 team um who comes into again tcu oklahoma oklahoma state um two of those at home oklahoma and oklahoma state so or you know whatever they're the home team in the in the uh, Cotton Bowl for Oklahoma, but you know we'll call it a home game. It's in our state, um, but anyway. So you you have uh, you have a neutral site, a, a a home and an away game in that stretch. So it it will it will tell you a lot about the culture, the culture that's left over from Herman and the players are there, the culture with the new players, the culture with the new staff, and about how they're going to um, execute during tough stretches. I've got to be completely real with you. Opening against the Louisiana team. Um, <laughs> terrifies me because they they were really good granted they're losing a lot of production from this year but Billy Napier is just a heck of a football coach and we'll have those guys rip roaring and ready to go to knock off a a Texas team that's supposed to come out hot and continue to be uh continue to be hot uh Arkansas hates us more than we hate them so that's always a disadvantage for Texas but again like you said theoretically like if Texas 
takes care of business in those first five games. Like heading into Dallas, five and zero would be huge. Like, and that would be a game day game, and that would be a game that basically not only really like determines the future of the conference, but theoretically, like if and when the Big Twelve like gets back into playoff contention, really it's generally the team that sh- that wins in Dallas should be that team. I miss those years, Kyle, and I hope that we're not too far away from that. Yeah, everyone in the conference, everyone in the country believes that, you know, it's better when both Texas and Oklahoma are good for the Big 12. It's better when they're both good. For a while, it's just been Oklahoma who's been good. Texas has been okay. Um, Iowa State being the second best team in the conference is fun. It's a novelty. It's cool. And and no shot on them. Like, they can continue to be good, too. They have a great coach. Um, but, you know, it, for the national perception of the conference of big 12 of your your seating and stacking in a playoff conversation it's better when both texas and oklahoma have small numbers next to their name and that game is a nationally important and relevant game for i mean i'll say college football uh at whole but certainly at least for for the big 12 conference absolutely so on the on the hardwood we talked about uh texas needing to build some momentum after that that uh and three skit they got two of them taken care of. Uh, Eighty to seventy-seven game against Kansas State. Didn't really play much defense, but the offense got it done. And then they were they were up and down. Is the only way I can say it against TCU. TCU is not a good team, but they let them hang around. And when you let a team hang around, well, they think they got a shot to win it, and they tried to. But Texas finally closed and really uh, shut the door late and, and ran away late, seventy to fifty-five. Uh, so they got two of those next five we talked about of them playing uh, because of the weather. The OU game has been uh, pushed back to Wednesday at the time of recording. And then the Iowa state game has been postponed again. I don't, there's no way the big 12 plays a tournament. They've got so many games they need to make up. Yeah. And, and I hope they don't just lose, right? Like Iowa state was the easiest out of their, their stretch of five games coming up um, that, that, you know, got, got moved off there. But uh, again, not an easy game. Iowa state always has something to say um, in, in basketball, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the OU game is going to be critical. Texas not coming off of COVID, I think, will um, will be great. But, yeah, you said it right. I think Kansas State is the worst team in the Big 12 Conference. And the fact that Texas went from playing their worst offensive game in a decade against Oklahoma State to playing one of their worst defensive games in a decade and, and had to eke it out against a not great Kansas State team had me worried about TCU. But them being able to, again, even though they didn't just put the foot on the neck and, and win by 30, TCU is, is significantly better than than Kansas State. And they still pulled away, finished like they should have. And, and, and you know, I will give the the Glen Gary Glen Ross award to Matt Coleman. Coffee is indeed for closers, um, and even though he struggled, you know, in, in in the Kansas State game with some missing an open dunk, some things that just didn't expect from him. He wasn't attacking. He closed hard in that uh, TCU game in the second of those two games, and and earned his his Glen Gary Glen Ross coffee for closers. The, the basketball team was just trying to really mirror the baseball team where Andrew Jones was the opener, Greg Brown was the setup man, and Matt Coleman was the closer, right? Like you play it. three pitchers in a nine-inning game, and you've got things going for you. Just just okay. Uh, so moving on to the tennis team, number five men's tennis, unfortunately lost to Baylor in the opener, uh, then made a furious comeback against number one USC to advance to the consolation bracket, uh, and then lost to Tennessee in the final. And also, Texas closes its indoor season. A little bit disappointing. Yeah, beating the number one team for the the 
third consecutive year. They each of the the past two years, um, one of those again, of course, with a national championship, they've they've taken off the number one team. Um, so it, it continues a good streak, but it is a little bit disappointing. Uh, the Tennessee one was tough because the match that didn't get finished, they were winning. They almost won the the last one, so that, you know that could have been a two point flip right there, um, and and you know could could have been something. But uh, a tough loss to Tennessee. The Baylor one stung, put them in the consolation bracket in the first place. But uh, nonetheless, a really good show. And we're talking about a top five team playing top 10 matches all over the place and, and um, looking every bit there. So we'll be we'll be curious. That was the indoor championship, of course, for the outdoor season. Uh, number nine, men's track and field wins the Tyson Invitational in Arkansas's second Razorbacks. They topped the number one Oregon Ducks, number two Arkansas Razorbacks, number three LSU Tigers, number four FSU Seminoles, number 14 Alabama, and Kyle, who's the last one? Uh, barely ranked number 17, Texas a That's right. Suck it, Aggies. Number four. Women's track and field actually came in fourth at that behind Arkansas, Bama, and just a point behind Texas A&M. The Big 12 indoors are in two weeks. Uh, number six, softball. Unfortunately, we were excited about this opener. Um, the Texas Invitational, I believe it was called, or the Texas Opener, the Texas something or other. Uh, they had to push it, again, due to um, COVID and the weather and everything that's going on because, well, the world seems to be falling apart right in this exact moment. But... Hopefully, we'll get some uh, action on both diamonds this weekend. Yeah, Jared, let me give you a quick stat. I have stats, and I'll save them for when we get actual softball games. But Texas still will have an opener, even if you keep pushing it back. They, they canceled that. They canceled North Texas midweek, but they're still going to open. Um, Texas softball, since their first varsity program in 1997, has never lost an opener, including a uh, victory over number three, UCLA, number 20, DePaul, number 17, LSU, uh, ranked Louisville team, Florida State team. Um, so, like, not just cupcake openers. They have never lost an opener and have outscored opponents during their 24 uh, seasons. 161 to 13. That's impressive. <laughs> That's a good run. Keep it That's- going. That's impressive. So uh, we mentioned that the other diamond, number nine baseball, is as it stands right now Monday evening on track to open this weekend in Houston. But again, travel is weird with all of the snow and the temperatures. So we'll uh, we'll see how that works out. We'll bring you an update next week. But that's all we've got for you this week, Kyle. Where can the good folks find you on the internet? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the Texas pregamer on Twitter at Texas pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. You can uh, follow us on Facebook, Longhorn Republic. Same thing on Instagram. You can also shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook em. Hook em. Keep it going, Jordan Speed. <laughs>